welcome to the Forward Thinking Podcast. It's Christy and Charlie here from CS2. Today we have another installment of a rewind. So we're going to take a podcast from the past and then uh, give a little commentary on it and let you listen to it. So this week's podcast is all about dealing with mops stress, um, which is still very relevant. Uh, which is what do you mean? I feel like all mop stress has been solved over the last couple of years since we recorded this in October 2020, right? I think people also didn't realize how much uh, other stress was going to come into their lives since then. Um, this was filmed in October 2020, you know, after the p- pandemic, but during, during, sorry, during after it started. And, um, you know, since then, the world has had a lot of other stresses, <laughs> um, war, uh, inflation, gas prices, formula shortages. We're dealing with all that now. So, um, yeah, so the world is a little bit of a crazy place and, and has a lot of stress. But at the time, we really wanted to focus on mop stress because we felt like there was a lot of turnover um, in the ops uh, function. There still is, uh, actively now. Um, and with the role comes a lot of responsibilities. We, we chatted a little bit about it, but with mops, it's, you touch so many things. There's so much technical work, but there's also just so much, uh, you know, customer facing things that you control, um, or other groups, you know, have visibility into. So a lot of the time, all the good things that you do, never get celebrated but any like one small bad thing you do will get you know highlighted and and shouted at and blasted on slack so um but it doesn't mean that it's not the right job for folks and marketing ops is a really great career it's very you know dynamic and fun and and also can be a really great um, position for folks it has a lot of job security and it's so necessary, but how do we approach it um, to make it a little less stressful is what we talked about. So, so yeah, yeah Charlie, what did you think? I liked it. Um, again, I think like a lot of the podcasts that we've been rewinding, things are just ex- exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like crazy. I wish we started this podcast when we started CS2 or when we started off in MOPS like in 2010, because I feel like probably still would have like even 10 years on or five years on things yeah seem to just be very consistent yeah. <laughs> um but some of the things that I, I really liked that we we talked about um that really still resonated with me around kind of the making mistakes and the fear of making mistakes and mm-hmm. I think that's still very much part of mops and you see it people talking about their moopses in different <laughs> communities <laughs> and um just how difficult it is to just make sure everything goes through and everything perfectly is working without a hiccup and that's only got worse given things just keep on getting exponentially more complicated we've talked about that a lot on this podcast and as things get more complicated and as team sizes that yes they've been growing a tiny bit of mops but not enough to handle this extra complexity you know, just it's just adds to the risk of, of things going wrong. And then that just adds to the burnout and the stress. And I like the tip that we had is, you know, most people are working, you know, long hours and 
stuff like that and try and not well one try and not do that if i figure out a way not to do that but if you have to do that try not to do like save the the stuff that's customer facing for when you're the most tired right like because <laughs> yeah. that's when mistakes happen and then you end up in the cycle where you make a mistake because you're tired and then you have to address that mistake and so the addressing of that mistake is extra work you didn't plan for which then makes it harder like you have to rush the work that you were planning to do because so much of your day is taken up to address the mistake which then potentially can lead to another mistake and then now you're in this downward spiral where yeah you know it's very hard to get out out of and I've seen that happen many times um so yeah I think that definitely definitely hit home and um I think it's still still tough yeah totally um I think the other thing that still remains true like you said like teams haven't really gotten much bigger but if anything the real like be, people being reliant on marketing ops teams mm. and digital has gone through the roof so prioritization has been super important and we talked about like a few like prioritization frameworks but honestly like anything that can help keep it simple is better mm -hmm. like really focusing on um like your high impact low effort stuff first and, and basically anything high impact and just trying to organize all the requests that you have in that we have like a little matrix sometimes that we use when we're planning out roadmaps to clients, but do that. And I think you'll really folk like get more focused and things will feel a bit more like doable. And when in doubt, I say always try and focus on the customer experience because at the end of the day with marketing, you're really trying to just create, improve and like analyze the customer experience and making that better. Um, so I, I think right now, a lot of marketers have lost sight of that. Um, but the good ones, the ones that are winning deals, the ones that are growing, um, are focusing on that. So try and align and position your marketing team and, and your work to that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Good point on the prioritization framework. I remember I was evangelizing overly complicated prioritization, um, frameworks back then. Um, my, my, feelings and my opinion has evolved since then to keeping it simple and I really really liked a simple uh, matrix around effort and um, impact so uh, yeah effort and impact so that's just a recommendation that's something that's changed over the last couple of years mm -hmm. um, I I also recommend when you're filming a podcast to <laughs> turn off your notifications because the last like three rewinds we've listened to I don't know if it was just the ones we've chosen but like my calendar <laughs> notification came up and then yeah. and the other one we listened to like my slack yeah my slack thing came up so like I don't know if that was just happening every podcast for me or what yeah it was that's how you got kicked off the podcast yeah well that's deserved <laughs> but um I guess there's some kind of mops learning I could you could probably get from that, like maybe attention to detail or something like that. But yeah, um, that was kind of interesting and funny. But um, yeah, I think the the prioritization one. The one other thing that I think that I would add that I didn't add is something that I've been kind of big on recently is trying to really celebrate the wins and yeah. creating a culture of. Um, around you that not just around you but like around like you and your team that, that you do that um you know it if you're you're working 
in a job that's relatively difficult. Um, you know, we're not a life-saving surgeon or anything, but there's still a lot of stresses in our job. And you're, you're working towards goals, you're working towards objectives, and you can kind of lose sight of all the good stuff that's happening. Yeah. When you're only focusing on kind of the problems and you've got people kind of, you know, stressed out around you. So one way you can counteract that is just trying to really prioritize the highlighting of anyone doing anything good. And yeah. at CS2, we have some several systems to help us do that, like a tool called Hey Taco, which is a slug, a slug, <laughs> a slug plugin. <laughs> That's what it's like. A slug plugin. plugin. That should be called a slugin. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a slugin and it's called and for everyone who can't understand charlie's accent it's called hey taco but um i what like an I actual talk you say hey taco taco yeah okay i think they'll get that so anyway you essentially at mention people give them the emoji taco they can collect them it's kind of like a cryptocurrency or, or almost where then they can exchange that for gifts and we have a whole channel just to, it's called wins and um, feedback where you just celebrate everyone and and everyone can you know share tacos they can get gift cards and stuff like that and everyone just kind of is celebrating each other and other ways where on like weekly calls or monthly calls we highlight people that have been working really hard and like just trying to get that culture of um just we're doing great work you know right. yes something can be difficult occasionally but we're all doing great work we're all moving forward it's all great let's celebrate that and that can offset some of that burnout or some of that stress. Yeah, or, or offset like, oh, well, people are only hearing about the mistakes. Like right. try and make it visible of all the good things that are happening instead of the mistakes. So Totally. And one thing I recommend, so one thing that we've learned a lot kind of growing CS2 is that often when you've got a lot of people or like more people reporting to you, um, people feel like, you know, they need to escalate, you know, issues or questions or, things that they need to address to you and so then your day generally gets filled up with a lot of like how should I approach this or oh, there's like this issue that I need to deal with and mm-hmm. and stuff like that and I think that happens to any manager where you're you're constantly just being you know overwhelmed with a lot of the I'm not I don't want to say like negative things because not all the things are negative but like some of the negative and some of the escalations yeah and then it's almost like you don't hear as much about all of the good things because no one's just randomly you know, pinging you on Slack saying, I just did something great today. It's not, <laughs> it's normally just like, oh, I've got this thing. Can you help me deal with it? But why not? Like, why not message your manager yeah. saying, I did something great today? Like, like really start escalating positive news constantly to your manager and then they can escalate positive news to their manager and make sure, again, like it's that celebrating the wins, it's creating that culture where you're really thinking about, you know, the positivity. And then you will feel like, like the, your work is worth it. Totally. Like, it's like the burnout is just, you know, working too much and just not feeling like you're getting anywhere. Like those kind of couple of things. Mm -hmm. But if you're working a good amount, like you're working hard, but you feel like you're really progressing, like everything's going great, then you're feeling good about it, right? I mean, you're probably going to be less stressed. So that's something that I think that my, I've definitely kind of evolved my thinking on since that podcast. Totally. Yeah. I agree with that too. I think, um, I think a lot of the times too, like in mops, especially agencies, like, but internally too, you're just brought problems 
And that's just part of your job is solving right. problems. So not only do you have issues true, or yeah. problems, but it's like, hey, we're having this problem, like go and solve it. So that that's a lot like mentally, I think, to always like take on like, oh, there's a problem I need to solve it. So I even almost feel like, okay, let's maybe position instead of like problem solvers, we're just like opportunity creators. Like there's a time here where we have an opportunity to like make an impact and change. And so I think approaching that kind of like language of really flipping it around, because sometimes I still think even with problem solving, it can make it still seem like we're just like firefighters coming in, to save mm -hmm. the day, put out that fire and then move on mm -hmm. where really like we're trying to really work on really cool strategic things that are going to be good opportunities for, for the company. So I think even changing the language around how we talk about ourselves and the type of work we do is helpful. Totally. And I, and the things are contagious like that, right? Like if you're, if everyone's feeling negative or some people are feeling negative, that's going to be contagious at a company, even with remote work. I, I feel like it may be with remote work, it, it might be a little bit offset because you don't like, I remember in the office, if there's like one person having a bad day, it kind of makes everyone have a bad day. Cause it's like <laughs> dragged them down and they're just there all day. But, um, I still think that there it can be contagious, but the opposite is that positivity is contagious too, where if you can be the person that's trying to create that culture or, and as a mops person, you know, we're very much process oriented, right? That's why, you know, Chrissy and myself, we, we had this realization. We, we had this, this thought process that what stuff we're just talking about and we've built processes mm -hmm. to bake in wins and celebrating people and, feeling positive about stuff into the operating system of CS2. Right. And that, and like, so you can't just slack everyone and say, let's just start being more positive. Go. Right. Be more like, okay, how are we going to do this? Like, what can we, can I, I'm a mops person. I, why I'm building processes in technology. I'm building processes for people to kind of manage opportunities and leads and all of this stuff. Why not build a process to help everyone feel good about that? job yeah you know so think that through and bring that to your company and, and be the the leader of that and and hopefully that can help um make things seem a little bit less stressful yeah no that's great yeah well I think I think I think that touches it I think the final thing I will say is I, I did touch on taking care of yourself and more than ever still very important prioritize sleep prioritize your mental health but no, that also means, you know, that you can just hit the ground running on everything. The more sharp you can stay, the better on track you can be. And I, I still, still highly support that. So, so yeah, with that, we'll go into the full recording of how to deal with marketing ops stress. Enjoy. Enjoy. Hi everyone, another episode of Forward. This is Charlie and Chrissy from CS2. So I'm excited about this one because I'm gonna be asking Chrissy some questions um, all around mindset and just how to manage the stress of marketing operations. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really cool topic and something that Chrissy, ever since I've known her, you've always been really focused on this. Mm -hmm. um, and we've both had our journey around how to manage stress of mops, mm -hmm. which I think 
every team probably thinks their stress is unique, but I think there are some unique stresses around marketing operations. Um, so yeah, I think just, let's just kick it off and get straight into it, shall we? Yeah. Um, so really from, from a stress management point of view, let's set the stage, talk about why you think marketing operations has a lot of stress these days mm -hmm. and then how they can address it. Yeah. So, um, you know, since I even got started in marketing ops, it's pretty clear that the, a lot of people actually shy away from this job, I think, because they know about some of the stressors that just naturally come with it. We touch a lot of different areas that are important to marketing that are very technical mm -hmm. and can have a lot of downstream um, effects and issues that are very public facing. So, you know, the classic example, you accidentally <laughs> like push the wrong button or make, you know, make a mistake in your list and you end up emailing, you know, your whole database, which has massive implications or you accidentally run a campaign that manipulates data um, from one small mistake for a ton of people in the database. Yeah, or you you have a, a CSV and somehow like the, you maybe like you sort it or you just and like, but it only sorts part of it. And mm -hmm. then it's like all of the data you upload is just matched to the wrong record. Yeah, and then you add on things, yeah. And now you add on things like virtual events and, um, you know, just your website campaigns. And there's just so much that goes into it that definitely. Um, if you want a reminder of everything that goes into it, by the way, go a few podcasts back um, around what mark type of marketing operations person are you? And there's like a three minute <laughs> intro of just all of the things you probably should be focusing on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I I'll be the first person to say like I I wouldn't say I'm I'm the best at managing stress like naturally. I tend to be a bit of a um anxious person, but to be honest, who isn't? But I've always uh had people comment, "Wow, you're so calm in this role. You deal with everything so calm. Like how do you do it?" And I think Early on my career, they probably didn't see me, you know, really stressed at night trying to prepare data at like <laughs> 3 a.m. or something or, you know, wanting to go cry in a corner because, you know, things were pretty crazy. But I realized that that stress or not managing it well just makes this job so much harder. It makes decisions seem like they're really hard when they're simple. It makes Solving problems seem like they're impossible when it's not. And um, so I wanted to share just some of my tips. I've done this for over 10 years now. I've worked in marketing ops and in startups. And now, you know, helping do that for multiple clients. You know, now <laughs> I've worked with like over. Uh, one is not one. One at a time, it wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah, one at a time was enough. I had to make it harder for myself and work in, you know, many instances. So, um, but yeah, so the, the first thing, and I, I don't want everyone to think this is like, you know, why is she trying to be like Oprah and, and talk about things that are like are marking ops and sell me the <laughs> health and mindset and, or like, I'm not goopy Gwyneth Paltrow or whatever, but I do think that it is important to have a healthy mindset and also just 
um, take care of ourselves. Like self-care is super important. I honestly think that like with any big job in our life, like being a parent or a partner, you really need to take care of yourself first in order to take care of other people or that other thing that takes a lot of your attention. And so, um, you know, from a mindset perspective, that really means like managing your stress or keeping like calm. And there's a lot of things that people say that they use to help with that. So like if mindfulness is your thing and you like meditating, but really starting out your day, I think with something that really grounds you, I think can really help with that. I, I love waking up early and working out and getting all the kind of my anxious energy out in a physical way. And any movement I think can work for people, but other people- Especially getting it done before the baby's awake. Yep. Yeah. So that does, that does mean waking up before like 530 in the morning, uh, which some of you might just like think that's impossible. And yes, that you need to find out what works for you, but maybe starting your day, even if it's with going outside with your cup of coffee and walking the dog, like that's some movement that can really ground you. Yeah. And I get, I don't think you're saying you have to get up early. Like the advice is you're figuring out, like actually thinking about it, right? Like, yeah everyone everyone has their own style or their own you know you know their own wants and needs and their own schedule so yeah totally uh, yeah the advice where everyone always says you know you have to be up by four and you have to have done like three thousand burpees before no five. i'm not jocko willink i'm not gonna tell you like <laughs> you need to wake up at 4 30 in the morning if anything sleep is really important that's the next yep. thing that i want to talk about and i think um sleep is super important there i used to just like run myself ragged like i would wake up early work out do a full day's work you know go home work until like midnight and then do it all over again sometimes like even later than that and then by the time it got to friday i was so exhausted like brain dead i would be like falling asleep on the train and i couldn't even basically function so i lost like a day of work just from doing that. And I can honestly say that since I got a healthier um, attitude where when I'm on, I'm on, you know, yes, I do maybe work long hours um, sometimes when I have to, or I do, you know, work a lot of my day, but I, on the weekends, I don't try and catch up on work. Like that doesn't help, you know, or I don't work in the evenings because Honestly, I see the most mistakes happen beyond like six o'clock. Oh my God. Yeah, that's so true. (laughs) I had a big, I had a, uh, with a client, she made a huge mistake and accidentally manipulated data. I looked to see when it was done. It was on a Saturday. You know, it's actually (laughs) a really, really good point. Cause yeah, like what, you know, if you are going to work late, save the easy, save the easy stuff. Yeah, exactly. But, but try not to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely don't do the complicated stuff, data related stuff. Like no. leave, leave that, leave that to where your brain is fresh and you have the energy. Yeah, and then so I think my- tidying it up is just going to add even more stress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's the thing. You can get into this big cycle of just making bad decisions, wrong decisions, feeling like your work is hard, getting yep. you put down. Uh, uh, you know, feeling down, crying, whatever your outlet is for that, being angry, um, being, and then also you're not a very nice person to work with. 
I think a lot of the times you see those like really tired, overtired, jaded people and the way you treat other people in other departments can be really short and you just don't win any champions that way. And then we wonder why marketing ops doesn't get the support mm -hmm. that they need from the other departments or elevated. So that I could go on a rant on that, but um, yeah. it's, I think it's important to also just stay positive, you know, like it's, it can be hard when you're stressful, but really focusing on what are the good things I'm doing right now? Let's continue to do those and know that I'm not, this isn't life or death. Yes. Your CMO might make you think in like their passive aggressive, like email to you late at night that you need to, um, you know, that it's really important, but everyone's um, MO is important. Like everyone thinks that whatever they're working on is the most important. And so, but you need to s still focus on yourself and what's going to make you successful. Yeah. Well, do you know, my, the, for me, the best way to always feel positive but. is to get a good night's sleep. I oh, feel like yeah. I can deal with things so much better once I've had a good night's sleep. Mm -hmm. And just recently I, I, was, I was probably working a little bit too much in the evenings and, um, that screen time. Oh and yeah then go into bed and I, I would I would be dreaming about marketing up stuff thinking mm -hmm. about it like getting bad sleep mm -hmm. wake up the next day do it all again doesn't help obviously in this time right now where you can't you know you're with with the pandemic and everything not being able to have like as much variety as to your life as maybe before um so you do end up like your brain is just kind of all on work mm -hmm. but yeah like once I ended up deciding okay i've got to have everything off by a certain time getting that better sleep you actually get better and more work done during the normal working hours mm -hmm. so you don't even need to work at night anymore mm -hmm. yeah totally um so I, what's the oh sorry oh no go ahead yeah i was gonna say so what's the second second one do you want to move on to the second one yeah so um besides your mindset and health i think the second thing that can really help is to prioritize um, we always talk about this with marketing house, prioritize, prioritize, prioritize. And I think the key thing here is just to remember to prioritize your work based on the business goals and your marketing team's goals. Um, cause that will make sure that you're only working on the most important things. And we have other frameworks that you can find or past podcasts about like the agile methodology and prioritization frameworks and how they can really help you. And think of your whole team as kind of like an engineering team and, um, you know, how you can develop a roadmap mm -hmm. that will keep you prioritized and make sure you're not working on just like everyone's super important, um, you know, thing that they happen to email you that day. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to be talking more about our, we've been developing a, a prioritization framework that borrows a lot of um, aspects from the Rice methodology and the Eisenhower matrix and, um, and then... We're going to be talking about that at our Lean Data workshop on the 21st of October. Mm -hmm. um, and probably putting stuff out there on LinkedIn and in our newsletter on that. Um, but yeah, so it, regardless of the prioritization framework, right? You should have one. Uh, use some kind of way to prioritize your projects. Yeah. And if you are just coming up in the role and your job, use other people to help you prioritize. You know, ask your boss, like, out of all these things on my plate, what are the things you think I should focus on? Um, I would do that in my one-on-ones. And and when I didn't do that, especially early on in my career, you know, sometimes my, my bosses would be like, why are you focusing on that? Like, no, that's not important right now. And I think it takes the time to grow into your role to like realize what is and what isn't. 
Um, but so if you are unsure, ask someone yeah. um, and they can and really help you. Yeah. And I think this the specific thing here for MOPS people is um, you, everyone knows there's about a thousand can of worms lurking in their systems, yeah. right? Or rabbit holes, whatever you want to call it. So someone sends you a message and says, you know, I found this rabbit hole. Should we go explore it? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I think most you... times if someone sent me that, I'd be like, no. <laughs> um, you, should probably, you should probably um run it against your prioritization framework. And if it doesn't hit the top, save it for a rainy day. Part of our, our prioritization framework that we're going to be um, talking about does have this kind of operational stability element into it. Yeah. So some of those rabbit holes need to be sorted or some of those can of worms need to be sorted. Um, and so they would be prioritized. So I'm not saying, you know, if there's an issue, don't fix it. But what I'm saying is there's a, there's, there's a million issues out there. You don't have to fix them all today, probably. Mm -hmm. And you should also be looking forward about what is kind of the biggest strategic initiative that I'm working on as part of your um, roadmap. Yeah, I think and just one um, last note on this uh, before we go into the next one. But I'll give an example. I was talking to a client yesterday and they were focused on, you know, it's like opting in partners. And I said, okay, well, or uh, getting partners to opt out of communications. And I was like, okay, well, how are they opting in? <laughs> <laughs> and sounds obvious. And he's there, like, actually, we don't know. You know, our channel operations person left, our um, just all of the channel team left. We have all we know is we have a partner portal and that's it. No one has even investigated how it works. And I said, well, probably seems like that's your higher priority is to figure that out because why would you put something in place for a process that feeds into that that no one knows anything about and it's not even documented and you know he kind of sat there and like he's he he, he kind of knew that he's like oh yeah totally but I think because I have these people saying we need to get this sorted we need to get this sorted I felt like I needed to and so also remember you are like you have the position to be like I think this is a higher priority in order for me to make the best decisions to create this project. Yeah, and you have to have your priorities in, in check, right? Yeah. So a lot of people, they don't have their priorities in check. They don't have a roadmap, so everyone else creates it for them, right? right. So it's like, we need you to do this. So you're like, okay, I'll do that. Um, and what I've found, you know, across a lot of our clients, one, one way to tackle this is obviously to have the roadmap, like we said, but also have a ticketing system, use your project management tool, Asana, right? Jira, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and if people have a, a feature kind of request that should, they want to put on your roadmap, they have to submit it with all of the information and then you evaluate it in there. Like it's not like a Slack message, it's not an email, they're not walking over to your, to your desk or calling you. They have to put it in there and you you regularly go check it, right? Uh -huh. Like you're not, you're not checking it every single minute of every single day like you are Slack. Um, obviously if there's an emergency, they can slack you but for everything else goes into this ticketing system and you evaluate it over time and one thing personally that i've done because i can you know like everyone you kind of like even yourself like even if people aren't sending you their own priorities sometimes you you think of something and you go oh i want to investigate this and you kind of get into it like it's kind of exciting or, or you're interested in it mm -hmm. so i have we use Rike as our project management tool i have a, a task in there called my rainy day list mm -hmm. Every time I um, I think, oh, this would be cool, I should start checking, looking at that. 
and I have like that. I have so many things in, in my head that just pop it, pop up like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's not a if it's not a big priority, I add it to my rainy day list, so I don't forget it. Mm-hmm. And then if I ever come back to my rainy day list, it's good. But at least you you feel like you kind of done something by adding it to your list. Yeah. Um. So that's just another kind of tactical thing that you can do personally. I think that I found that I quite like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um. Okay. So. Uh, to, yeah, to wrap it up, the last one, and it seems like a very obvious one, but I think it's honestly one of the the biggest life-changing thing I did in my role in marketing, also really like managing my time and calendar. Um, and this is one of the things, like you said, you like you can have other people kind of control your destiny. And in marketing ops, there's so many people trying to get your time and put meetings on your calendar. And they say now even more during COVID with working from home, you have more meetings on your calendar. And so I think one of the things that can be really useful is looking at your calendar, figuring out how much of your time is just spent sitting in meetings. And then what of those meetings, like how many of those meetings can be taken off or even reduced, um, even down to like a simple email thread or some other process. Um, and I think that can be great for just, you know, saving time. I think also protecting your calendar and time on your calendar is really key. Um, I started to do this and this is where I made a huge change where I knew I was really productive in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like I, yep. I, I do this today too, a little bit where I, it's harder with clients now because I've scheduled, but I'll protect like the times between nine and 11 because I feel like I get my best work done when I'm really fresh after I've had a coffee mm-hmm. and I can really work on things that are are operational and take a lot of my time energy. Um, and energy. And then I save my calls for the afternoons where that's when um, it's a bit easier to kind of talk things through and you're not um, like in the system. There's going to be cases where this is tough because you can you have to have calls that maybe you're a MIA team and you need to be, you know, on the call in the morning. So figuring out a time when I when I had a global operations role, my time during that was actually 10 to 12. Um, and then I knew, OK, I have my lunch there. So if I needed extra time even to go over my lunch, I could. Yep. Um, and so figuring out what those times are and really protect your calendar and also just kind of do another bump and protect your calendar for something that, um, really makes you happy and grounds you. So right now I always block, um, between 12 and 1230 to make our daughter Ava lunch. And that's my time to connect with her in my busy day. And I make her lunch, which she loves and I make myself lunch. And so, um, yes, I'll have times where it goes over into that or I need to move it around, but majority of the time that makes me happy and connected to my life outside of work. And I really save that time. Yeah. So I think this is, um, a, so I think next steps for everyone is, um, also an easy way to just start with this is just looking at your calendar because the alternative is if you're in meetings all day, no doubt you're working at night. Because how else are you going to get your work done? Mm-hmm. And that feeds back into the first one of like not getting enough sleep and being tired and so forth. So Yeah, and I've got a couple of uh, tactical things I discussed yeah. with a client the other day actually just on this topic. So um, if you're a team of one, it's a little bit more difficult. But for this first one, if you're a team of two or more on mops, and I feel like a lot of times you're, you'll find that both of the people are on all the mops calls. Yeah. You know, like there might be a director and a manager. And they're on everything because it's like, well, the director's leading the strategy, the manager's doing some of the works. We both need to be on there. 
Um, but with with this client, I, we went through all of the meetings they were both on and we helped them. We, we figured out ways to divide and conquer, right? Like the manager was going to help um, work with all of the different marketing teams on the campaign execution stuff that the director didn't need to be in. And um, the director, the manager was going to oh, get out of a few meetings um, where the director just was going to lead a strategic conversation. So they can always connect afterwards or on their on a weekly call, but to try and divide and conquer, you don't need, you don't both need to be on every meeting. A bit more difficult if you're only one person though. Yeah, totally. Uh, I think that that's a good tip, especially for leaders where um, being able to let go of that as well, I think mm -hmm. is really key. So. And um, the other one is a lot of times a call is just an update on something, right? Yeah. You just want to make sure that everyone knows something that happened or, mm -hmm. or someone's got a question for you. So I love using Loom for that. Yeah, and so we do it with our team sometimes. If, if the team member has a question, they're like, oh, can we just, can you just jump on a call and just like explain this thing to me? It's like, you know, yes, you could jump on the call and you'd be on the Zoom, you'd be waiting for each other, you might have the technical issues and then um, there you end up talking about other stuff and it ends up being like a lot longer than you need to be. Yeah. But um, Loom is a, a tool that is just a browser extension on Google Chrome and you can just record a really quick video. It creates a link. You can just send it to them. So if you're able to just like create that really short video for your team or anyone else, then you can send it to them. They can then watch it in 2x speed, right? So even if it's like a 10 minute video, they can watch it in five minutes. They just mm. up, up the speed. Yeah. And you're all more efficient, right? So just <laughs> another great, thing there. Great idea. Um, you can't so, do a live meeting in 2x speed unless you talk really, really, really <laughs> fast. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Maybe in the future, Apple will have something where it automatically, or Zoom will automatically take your voice and make it 2x speed. But um, yeah, so those are my tips. I think um, mindset, health, everything, the way we approach our jobs just makes our jobs just so much more easier, even though it can be super stressful and complicated. So establishing that really calm foundation will just make your life easier and better and make your make you better at your job so hopefully that was super helpful for you guys um and we'll see you on the next episode of forward thinking This is Charlie, so if you liked what you heard, hit like on the platform where you watch this. Also, leave a review. Honestly, we'd really, really appreciate it. You can also subscribe where you listen to your podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or even YouTube. And make sure you subscribe to our newsletter, which is packed full of exclusive content, updates for events or courses that we might be doing, all designed to elevate your marketing operations and B2B strategy. See you next time on Forward and Forward is on.